0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have a wonderful team with me tonight who are current participants in Reactive Redefined, and they are going to share their story a little bit. So, and I say team because you two are seriously the best team for Little Miss Stella. So before we talk about her, do you guys want to just introduce yourself for the listeners so they know who's talking?
1: Sure. My name's Diana. And I'm Sheldon.
0: And your team, Stella, okay, so tell everybody where you're located, just so we can give them a little bit more of a visual.
1: yeah, we're uh living in Boston, Massachusetts right now, right,
0: so very busy area yeah. with lots of triggers, right oh
1: my a very dog friendly city. I think almost every single building on the block has at least one dog living in it, so.
0: Right, which is like a good thing and also a very challenging thing because of Miss Stella. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. So, tell everybody, how did Stella come into your life?
2: It was really quick, it was pretty sudden. We had been kind of talking about a dog over Christmas time when we were home over break. And then it was like, you know, we just started looking at some things, options online. And, you know, we saw Stella and we're like, okay, the other ones were going so quick, we have to jump. And Stella had like, she had a good bio know good you know good with friends good with dogs good people small dog good in apartments friendly you know she's checking all the boxes and i was like okay we gotta move so then we had stella like confirmed for us within 10 days of us even talking about getting a dog which was kind of a little scary you know um it was a
0: crash course okay so had you had you had you each had dogs respectively before her No. No. She's
1: first dog for both of us. I had a cat growing up, but, and then we also adopted her without meeting her because they drove her up from Alabama. So we were really like basing this off the bio (laughs) that the rescue had written. Um, but it turned out okay. So (laughs) I know, right?
0: Like it was destiny. Was it everything you expected from the beginning? Maybe not, but you made it work. Okay. So, um, and then tell everybody what Stella is made of. What are her breeds
1: she's like a terrier mix she's got like some rat terrier some minpin some doxioned in her kind yeah. of mixed with a bunch of super stuff. mutt yeah super Yes, mutt.
0: right okay so just to give everyone a visual she's tan she kind of looks like a chihuahua with longer fur and like floppy ears is that an accurate <laughs> representation and how much does she weigh
1: she's about like 15 pounds so she's pretty small
0: right she's pretty small but she's got a lot of personality okay and then what, what what do we know about her life before she came to you all?
1: We don't know too much we just know that she was surrendered so from a family that had small children so we assume they got her as a puppy probably was a lot for that household and they gave her up um, and then she was with a foster family for about two weeks. And it sounded like that foster family had put her in doggy daycare for part of that time. So maybe that contributed to some trauma. Um, but then after that, they drove her up from Alabama and then she was with us. Oh
0: my God. Okay. And how old was she when she came into your life? I
1: think she was like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. She okay.
0: Was- so she was a little bit older, right? Yeah, okay. okay. So, um, So the first 10 days of life with Stella, tell us what that was like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, Sheldon actually took her home because I was on a work trip and she was pretty quiet in the car. You know, she was quiet in the apartment um, and then kind of like the first time we took her out, you know, like she didn't have any like skills. So there was pulling on the leash. She didn't know how to like sit or do down or do any of that. And it was very apparent like she was reactive, like the first time she saw, like our neighbors, they would come out, of, you know, their buildings. she would immediately start barking at them. And dogs was also a reaction much worse, immediate um, barking. So it was pretty apparent from the beginning that, you know, she was a little bit different than that description. And yeah, so it's kind of right from the beginning, we knew something was Right.
0: Like, okay, you are bullying a lot and you're barking and you're lunging. Like, what are you even supposed to do with behaviors like
1: this?
2: Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, it's like we had done a little bit of research and we had heard, you know, that there's like the 333 three, three thing. So we were like, you know, maybe this is just her getting situated in her new environment. You know, there's a lot of new things going on. She's not used to an urban environment. She came from very rural. Maybe she's just gonna kind of growing pains, you know? And then it didn't get better, right? That's kind of the key, right? It was just like, it was kind of just consistently bad and she just just didn't seem to get comfortable. So that was kind of when it was off.
0: Who did you reach out to first for support when you realized like, okay, we need help because like she's not, she's not getting over this, right? Like it's still happening.
1: Yeah, we reached out to like our local like animal shelter, the MSPCA. Um, and then we um, first signed up to do a group class. And, you um, know, if you want to tell that story.
2: We had done like their, just kind of their generic, their like level one training. And they had like an intro course that it was just me, because right? it was just COVID. So it was just one of us at the time. And everyone was talking about like the different things they wanted to work on. And you know, people were like, oh, my dog barks too much, dog pulls on the leash. And I was like, okay, you know, like we're in the right class, right? This sounds like Stella. So then a week later, we go to class number one. And once again, it's just me and Stella um, because of COVID. And Stella's barking like crazy. And no one else is barking like crazy. And so I was kind of like, okay, I, I was was everyone else lying? Like, was I the only one being honest? And so we got kicked out within like five minutes because Stella was barking so much we couldn't hear the instructor. So that was I was a little humiliating. That's um, a,
0: yeah, that's a really unpleasant experience. You're like okay, well that did not pan out very well.
2: Right. Well, and it's like you know you're trying to do the right thing, right? Right. Like, like
0: you're, you're trying to get help, right? Like you went to training class, but. Come to find out, it's not a it's it's nothing that you did. It's just that that environment was not one in which Stella could be successful.
2: And then, so then the next step from there was before we could do private training at the MSPCA, we had to see their behaviorist, um, and that was another three or four months just to get in to see them. So then we saw them. We did a few one-on-one trainings, and that that went pretty well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it got us to a really good point. Like, we did the basics, you know, like leash walking, doing sit down, all that stuff. And then we did a few one on one sessions with the trainer's senior dog and like practicing being in the same room as the dog. And by the end of those sessions, Stella was able to walk like in parallel with the other dog, but they had never met. So we got to a really good point. But that's kind of when we started looking for some other options because we were feeling like getting a little bit stuck with training. Um, but they were really great and they got us to a really good point. Just a little bit of a rough start.
0: Well, and I mean, shout out to the community of like dog people at the shelter system, right. That they could see like, okay, you need some help from the behaviors, right. Like you need some help there because so many people don't get to get there until much later. Right. So you were able to kind of get to that from the beginning. Okay. And is were they who suggested the meds, the behavior meds?
1: Yeah, we talked about that with them. Um, and we weren't really sure, like, if meds would be the right path. But they, you know, help us out with that. They talked to our vet as well. And, you know, I talked with the vet, and they were all on board with that. So yeah, she takes flexitine, which just kind of helps raise a threshold for triggers. So we can actually, you know, do some training, and she can be a little bit more comfortable outside. So that helped a lot, too.
0: Yeah. Well, and like, so cool, right. You have that on board. You're able to see in like structured setups, how successful she can be. But there was, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was also the day to day of like, you live in a busy city. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think that was kind of the key. It was like, it was going to be that much more money to have the trainer come out to our place to like come train here, or even just see what Stella was going to be like in her environment. Cause obviously it's completely different in a controlled environment, we were inside in this like auditorium doing the parallel walking. There's no outside noises, no smells or anything like that versus day to day. There's everything else. Right. Right, And And you
0: can't avoid the day to day. She has to go outside every day. Right. Like you don't have the luxury. Well, and even if you just utilize like your small yard space, you still have to work around those parameters. Right. Because she's still seeing people and dogs go by.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: so you worked with a behaviorist and you were kind of working on your own and that was going well, what was kind of the catalyst? Like what was appealing about reactive redefined?
1: Uh, well, I kind of like discovered you on Instagram and really liked your videos, you know, positive reinforcement. You obviously have experience with reactive dogs. I was listening to your podcast and then saw, you know, reactive redefined enrollment coming up. And that was kind of at a point where going on walks with Stella, we were at the point where Stella would stop and stare at the dog and maybe have a little bit of reaction, but we were kind of stuck. We didn't know how to get past that point. Um, and so that's when we kind of talked about maybe it's time to try something else, because I know you had you're doing like one-on-one feedback. You know, you have like your bi-weekly calls with teams. So that was really that felt like something that we were really wanting to do to get more one-on-one feedback and like to be able to see Stella in her own environment and seeing those triggers of what, you know, different from being in a controlled environment. So yeah,
0: for sure. Right. And like, you know, obviously I do a lot of work in person with my clients in Colorado, but sometimes the challenge is, is that like, we can't always recreate what's really challenging in scheduling and timing and things of that nature. Right. And for you all, you're going on walks together a lot anyway. So it was just kind of like, okay, one person can just film. We're out, we're doing it. And I think that that is so helpful for like really troubleshooting like the, the plateau that you all had reached, right? Because you had good functional skills right? Like you had good handling skills, you were using some management, but there were still these points where like, okay, if she's just standing there, what do we do? Right? Like we just let her stare forever until she goes over the threshold. Like just those like tricky situations. I remember one of the videos you upload, right? There's like a group of kids walking by. Like that's not something we necessarily could have like set up for in training sessions if we worked together in person.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: God. Okay. So Just to clarify, tell everybody a little bit more about the specific things that trigger Little Miss Stella.
2: Yeah, so there's a couple, there's a a whole slew of things, Um, right? So there's, just to kind of start off, she has some reactivity in the apartment because she can hear noises from the, the neighbors have dogs, especially in the beginning, like early on, she would hear people outside and that was a big one. That was when we were able to kind of get over on our own. Um, She has some resource guarding, which we've kind of talked about a little bit. That's been managed a pretty good amount. And then outside there is reactivity with dogs and people. The people we've kind of gotten most of the way there, but still lots of work to be done on the dog front.
1: Right, right. Particularly big dogs can be more triggering for her. Um, And then puppies are probably, like, the worst trigger because they make eye contact. You know, they're, like, very excited. And Stella does not like any of that. Right.
0: Right. She's not into that. And, you know, I think just to add a little bit more context to all of this, right, I think deep down Stella is just having a hard time because I think that, to your point, right? You're kind of talking about like her early life. Maybe she was kind of thrown into some dog situations she didn't really feel super comfortable with. She really is just genuinely uncomfortable. And that's just like how her little brain tells her that she should respond to keep herself safe. Is that yeah. an accurate representation?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think in some of the videos that we've sent you, it's kind of like, maybe Sal excited a little bit, but she's also a little scared, nervous. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that like, you know, it's easy to categorize dogs as like fearful or frustrated, but something that we've talked about in depth, right. Working together is that it's ever changing. Right. And it's never just one thing in one moment. Right. Right. And, you know, something that I think has been really cool about all the videos you've gotten me is that we've really been able to be like, wait a minute, in that moment, she actually just seems kind of curious, like not actually like she needs to tell the dog to go away, right? There's just a huge spectrum of behavior that we've been able to troubleshoot some of those things a little bit more in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell everybody some of the management and handling skills that you were using before you joined reactive redefine and then I think we can kind of talk about some of like the small tweaks that we made to some of those plans
1: I think one of the main things that we relied on was the find it game so if we see a dog for example just play find it you know we throw treats on the ground and she has to find it and then paired with that is hiding behind cars because there's a lot of street parked cars so we can kind of hide behind that. And then that, that was helpful to a point because we're not, you know, directly staring at that dog, but she knows the dog is there. So that's kind of like, it was hard to move past, you know, and keep her going because she, she knows, like she's smart. She can hear the dog tags, like she knows they're there. So it was a lot of like find it's in hiding. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because for
0: Estella, out of sight is not out of mind. Like she still knows it's there. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
2: So I think the key there is like a lot of it was just like management stuff, right? Just just trying to kind of manage the situation and try to keep her under threshold, right? So she was staring, kind of just doing rapid feeding just to kind of prevent it. Or, you know, if it was really bad, just, you know, picking her up and making space, right? And, And hiding behind cars, right? So it's just nothing it felt like. And that's where I think a lot of it was about us feeling like we couldn't move past it, right? Because we were just managing it. It didn't feel like we were making any progress.
0: Right. And I mean, you, you had to have those skills first, right? Like you were at a point where you had to have those management skills first. But you know, when you joined, it was perfect because you had so many amazing skills already in place. And I mean, to, to give you both the kudos that you deserve, your handling skills are extraordinary right? Just out of necessity, you had to be good and quick about like managing the leash and getting the food and creating space. So it was really awesome for me to be like, cool, you already have this base set of knowledge. You don't need that for me. Let's see how we can build on that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about, um okay. So in addition to being reactive, a, a, a challenge for her is that she gets extremely pulley on leash if she spills or wavers on threshold, right?
1: yeah especially if there is another dog especially like in view it's kind of like all the training goes out the out the window it's kind right, of like just like
0: poo i can't hear you i can't hear you okay so we did a couple of things right so something that we talked about was working on obviously just some core skills right so her walking at your side on cue the pull off the u turn just making sure that you had a little bit more function and response time to those core skills and those core skills I guess maybe did you work on those in the backyard just a little bit but really I just had you do just like super short bursts and just built that into the walk we didn't really change the environment we just started like doing mini training sessions out on the walks yes
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: okay and do you want to speak to that like how was that at first trying to be like okay we literally just do this for like three seconds and then we just let her go like
1: yeah well I think but the Practicing, like, the heel, it was kind of, like, I don't really know if, like, Stella's getting it, but the more we practiced it and, like, changing up the speed at which we walk, and I was able to tell, like, yeah, Stella's actually, like, understanding this command, and I think also with the U-turns, we would practice it, um, and then sometimes it's, like, I don't know if she really gets it, but she's, like, running with me, so, but then we would try it in a real situation, and she would actually, like, you know, be responding, and I was, like, okay, like, she does understand, like, we we have this tool now that we can use, so.
0: Right, and I mean, it's like some of those, like sometimes the U-turn we use is management, sometimes we don't, right? Sometimes the U-turn is just like, okay, I'm moving this way, you're re-engaged with me, brilliant, I have your attention, okay, now we're going to go this direction, right? But although I think that those core skills are important, in my opinion, for every reactive dog team, but like because of the environment in which you live in, right? You're in the city, you're on the streets, where there's constantly things all of those skills just needed to be stronger, right? Like she just, we needed to get to a point where like, we could use it for reels in real life, right? And I, I think that never discount the value, everyone listening, never discount the value of literally doing like a three second training session of one core skill every single walk, because slowly but surely we can build up on that. And you know, Stella, she didn't like naturally understand the like, you talk to where you have food in your hand, keep paying attention, right? Like, we had to make just, like, those small tweaks of, like, cool, I'm walking faster. I'm looking at you. Okay, you're doing it for longer. Voila, here is the food. And I think that if you wouldn't have had those, like, small tweaks to make, it's easy just to give up, right? Like, okay, cool. Well, she's not getting it. So I guess she just won't heal.
2: Yeah. I think that also the key there, right, is the kind of the things that we're doing different now and that the tool has helped is it's kept her moving, right, which was a big one because she would get frozen. And then part of also that bonding and the training piece is she'll take food now, right? Is when she would get super locked in, she wouldn't move and she wouldn't take food. So both of those two things just allowed us just more freedom and flexibility.
0: Right, exactly. And, you know, it's like, every single week you can see that reinforcement history because she's quicker and quicker at being like, okay, person, what are we doing here? Right. Like, she's so quick to like default back to you and be like, okay, how are we going to do this? And you know, it's obviously you need like the black and white operant condition of training things, but so much of it is just like her understanding that like, you're going to help her get through it. Right. Which I really feel like is starting to compound. Um, Okay. And then I wanted, I wanted to talk to, because this is something that is not necessarily like textbook science-based training, but it was something that was kind and really effective. And one of those was I when you had distance and it was a dog who was medium size and not interested in her at all, we experimented with like, but what if we just let Stella watch, right? Like yeah. what if we just let her watch? Do you want to speak to that just a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think that one... Honestly, probably like helped maybe the most because beforehand we were very much like, we have to hide. Stella cannot see the dog because if she sees it, she's gonna react. And then when we kind of started like in a controlled way, letting her look at the dog, I think she started to kind of like the wheels turn more in her head and she was like, Oh, this dog actually isn't a threat, like it's okay. You know, I can watch it. And I feel like we've gotten like she's made so much progress, even from just that and just letting her figure out on her own that, you know, the dog will not pay attention to her. It's it's gonna keep walking. And so yeah, I think that was a game changer for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's one of those things that like that can't be the general advice. If it's a young puppy who's staring at her, that's too much. And we know that. And that's when we default back to the skills that you already have, right? But Just, like, setting up those snares, because that's one of the advantages, I guess we could say, to so many dogs and people being where you live is that you had more opportunities just because, like, do you ever go out for a walk and not see a dog? Does that even exist?
2: Like, fair. Yeah. (laughs) You can time it. Like, we kind of got and understand our neighborhood. So, like, you know, if we really need footage for training, we'll go at, like, 530, you know? We're going to see, like, 10 dogs.
0: Oh my God. Right. And that's the advantage. And I think, you know, and something else we did with that, right. Is some subtle prompts from you all, right. Like not standing right next to her while she's doing it, moving yourself towards the end of the leash, towards the direction you want to go. So like honoring, like she wants to watch and that's fine, but doing a little bit more of that subtle, like, okay, but I'm going to go this way. So when you're ready, we're just going to keep moving on. And that's not something that she, was very proficient at, was choosing to disengage and move on, right? Like that was a, a huge challenge was because she was like, no, I'm standing here. I am not moving. There is a dog here. I have to keep focus on it. And that becomes very challenging because then she's she could potentially react to that dog, but then there's other things coming at you that you can't get away from.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I think that was like the progression, right? Is So right before you, we had the kind of locked in and not, and not moving staring and then it was you know we kind of were like halfway through the course then Stella was looking at the dog far away and kind of staring a little bit but not getting to the reactivity and then now it's the point where she's like checking in on us right she'll look she'll disengage herself which was has been like that, that's that been huge for us
0: yeah yeah huge progress right and a cool byproduct of that, like obviously we're decreasing reactivity, but I think that there's also been this shift where Stella's like, excuse me, wait a minute, I can just check in with you and I can get cookies for that. She's like, and that's starting to feel good for her, right? And she's realizing like, Wow, oh, I can do this stuff, right? Like I can check in. I can I can get some cookies. We're gonna move. We're gonna work together, and that is just, you know, kind of open to her repertoire of behavior when she sees dogs. That it's not this just like immediate spill over threshold and can't keep it together moment, right? And I think that something else that was, you know, interesting as far as like the letting her watch is, she was doing a small amount of vocalizing, but when we look at the body language, when we look at what happens post, it's more of just a like, there's a dog there. All right, let's go. Right. And it was one of those that like, that's not something we need to modify. Right. Like Stella's allowed to like bark and like bark once or twice and then move on. That's not really reacting for her so much. That's just more like expressing herself and just understanding that like, that's fine. That still means we're on the right track. Right. Because she would do the like, and then just check right in with you and be like, okay, cool. Let's go on. Right. And like, that's fine she's like a combination of like some pretty fierce little breeds of dog and her just to be like one bark and move on like yep live your life girl right like we weren't trying to tell her she could never say anything it's just she couldn't she wasn't controlling it she was just going over threshold and then it was like okay Stella has left the building
2: well and even on that it's like when she's reacting like like before and even still even she'll have her moments her like super reacting is like a yell. It's like kind of scary. Like the, the you know, children are like, are scared because we lived near a school. They're like, what is up with your dog? Cause it's like, it's not a bark. It's like, I don't know, she's being tortured or something. It's pretty like almost horrific.
1: Right.
0: Exactly. And like, so not good for her, right? Like not good for her to be in that state. Right. Okay. So I wanted to talk just a little bit more about, um, Another skill that we kind of worked on um, and that was so, you know, your living situation, you live in a area where you have to go out a door and there may or may not be a trigger there. And the challenge was that Stella was going out the door and seeing someone and going like right over threshold. Right. So we kind of worked on. Well, I shouldn't say we I should say you. You all worked on teaching her just a little bit more of the skill set to wait at a door So that you had a little bit more recourse as far as like you could get like a little glance before you let her out. Do you want to kind of speak to like how that process was for you all?
1: Yeah. So for that one, um, we would practice doing a stay before we get into the stairwell and then um, doing a stay once we are at the bottom of the stairwell before we open the door to like go outside. Because she usually will like like before that, she would just go out first and just kind of like run down the stairs but, you know, living in a building with other dogs, they may be coming back from a walk or you know, maybe there's someone right outside once you get to the bottom. So it's kind of uh, a little iffy about having her run down the stairs. But it's also like we don't want to ask her to do too much. So I think even just doing that little bit of like practicing this day before we go outside or in the stairwell has just kind of helped to kind of calm her down a little bit. And that way we're also not asking too much of her but we still have a little bit more control so if yeah. there is someone there we you know have some time to prepare for that so
0: and you know and it's one of those two that like you had were you already working on having her wait at the crosswalk before we introduced that at the door
1: like a little bit um but it wasn't like she her stay inside was a lot better than outside so we were but there was still a lot more to to be doing with that but yeah a little bit
0: right okay and correct me if I'm wrong but that kind of started to generalize and all the work that you were doing at the door started to be working at like street crossings when you needed it too yeah
1: yeah yeah like she's gotten much better and then you know like last time we talked about is like keeping the handout even if we're not looking at her and that I think had like 100% success rate when I like last tried that (laughs) like earlier this week so yeah it's helpful like inside and outside and for trigger situations and not triggering situation, So
0: yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, some, that's the brilliance of the videos, right? Is that like, I'm like, okay, try this. Let me see it. Let's see what happened. Okay. These are the things I observed. These are the things you can tweak. And for her, she just needed to know that you were still paying attention to her and she was happy to still do it. But if she didn't think you were, she's like, are we going together? What's happening here? Right. It's just that small tweak of like, Oh, you just need my hand to stay there. Cool. All right. Got it. So, you know, it's, and that's the, the beauty. And we talked about this so much in the group calls. I know I say it like every group called, but that's the beauty of training the way that you all have chosen to train her, right. Is that not only does the effort work at like the targeted location, but then it starts to generalize other places that we don't necessarily have to do like a huge elaborate training plan for, right. We can just start to ask for it there. So, When you're working on that with her currently, can she stand and do it? Are you still working on sitting? Like, I know we kind of experimented with, like, different positions she was in when we were asking her to wait before you released her.
2: Yeah, we're pretty much exclusively doing standing. She does some stationing kind of stuff on her own inside. Like, she just kind of, like, a, you know, like a dish mat sort of thing. And she just does that on her own. We don't ask for it. Um, But outside, it's just the stand stay, and it works great.
0: Yeah. And you know, it was one of those that like, in the beginning, I kind of pushed for that. I'm like, let, what, let's let just have her stand because I just know like how much easier that is and functional like out in the world, instead of like taking the couple of seconds to be like, sh- you have to sit before I ask you to wait. The standing weight is just a little bit more flexible, especially like at those street costings, right? Where you're like, It's kind of like, okay, you ask her to wait, you look, you're good. Okay, we need to go pretty quickly, right? And I think for her too, it was such an, it was just a much easier ask, right? To be like, I need you just to stand right there. And she's like, oh, okay, I can do that, right? Instead of like, you know, making it a little bit more of like, you have to sit and now you have to stay. And she's like, but why? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then another facet of Stella is that she has a lot of feelings about being in the car. Do you want to speak to that just a little bit? Just give the listeners a little bit more idea of the car feelings.
1: Yeah. So she probably makes it like excitement and nervousness, but she has a tendency to like whine the whole time that we're in the car. Um, and originally, we had this setup where, like, I would sit in the back with her because you know we thought if someone was with her, maybe she would be more comfortable. But she would end up just, like, pacing in and out of her crate, like, from my lap to going into the crate in the car. So, you know, we we practiced switching things up in the car. And, you know, we now we have, like, the door closed to the crate in the car. And then I sit up in the front and trying, like, Kongs and Lick Mats. And actually, this past weekend, we had a really good success where we tried covering the crate. And she was basically, like, almost quiet almost the entire time. Um, so. Yeah, made progress, probably still some more to go, but yeah.
0: Right, mm-hmm. and that like that's the nice thing too is that like obviously like the leash reactivity is like the day to day, but we also were able to talk about all of the related things, right? Like it wasn't just about the leash reactivity is like what's happening in the car, what's happening with the resource guarding, right? What's happening when she's in the yard, what's happening when she's on the balcony. And you know, it's like She's so much more than just leash reactive. She just got lots of feelings other places. And the car was nice because it was just a little bit easier, right? It wasn't like an extraordinary plan. It was just like, okay, let's tweak just a few things and see what happens, right? And, you know, I think that it's normal for dogs to be like, oh, my God, the car, it's stimulating and that's fine. But that that can affect her when she gets somewhere new, right? Like if she's in the car and she's kind of whining and then you get somewhere new, it's even harder for her to deal with that. Right. So it was one of those is like, as much as we can keep Stella calm in the car, it's going to make it easier for her to process where we're going and to be successful there too. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. It's all related, isn't it? It's all related. Okay. And then I think just for funsies, I I want you just to share with the listeners a little bit. I know you've utilized sniff spots, you have like a schoolyard, but you get out and you do a lot of just Given her the long leash and she gets this wild out and sniff and be a dog too. And that's been a very important balance to strike.
1: Yeah, I think so before sniff spot, we we got like the 50 foot leash and we live right next to a school. So usually on weekends uh, we'd put her on the 50 footer and she could just like sniff to her heart's content. There's always like bunnies in the yard. So we would end up like running around with her, Playing with toys outside has also kind of been a big thing because she used to have zero interest in toys. And so we've been working on playing tug outside and like running around together. Um, So I think that's very valuable for her. And I think she loves to run around. So, you know, she loves it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the toy is one that I kind of pushed for because... I wanted you to have options to keep her entertained that weren't surrounded by like constantly having to like use food and ask her to do things. You know, like you're really good at that, both of you, and you need it in a lot of aspects of her life. But I wanted there to be a little bit more of like, okay, but what if we're outside and we just play with some toys? Right. And like, can that help override some of the feelings she has about some of her triggers? And obviously it's a work in progress, but the fact that she can play with you and is like interested in tugging in the front yard when things are going on, like it's a big deal for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think with the sniff spots too, it's just been like amazing for her because, you know, Dog parks, obviously, is a no for her. Um, But the SNS spot, she can be, like, truly off-leash. We know it's going to be safe. You know, it's completely covered. And I don't know if there's a bunny, she can chase it. We don't have to hold her back. You know, like, <laughs> she can do whatever. She can go in any bushes she wants. So, yeah, I think it's just something else to kind of hope her have an outlet and let her be a dog. So, yeah, and great.
0: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's like the little dogs, obviously, like, kind of – sometimes public perception is a little discounted right of like oh little dogs do x y or z but when we look at the breed combination of what she's made up of she comes from lineage of like really hardy like endurance dogs right and she needs those outlets she needs to run and chase bunnies and no one tell her she can't do it right like she needs that right like She's a very fierce little personality, which we have to, you know, I feel like you all are getting really good at like harnessing that into some good outlets and then being like, okay, cool. We're not going to bark at dogs. We're going to do this. We're going to work together. And it's, it's a nice balance, right? Because it it can't just all be about reactivity training on walks, <laughs> right? Like you all need opportunities to be like, cool. You don't need me to manage you. And I don't have to look out for triggers. Perfect. Right. Like you, you needed that just as much as she did. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think also, like, you know, going on to the stuff about, you know, her breed type and, like, being super interested in, like, the rodents and whatnot, she's really into sniffing. And so it's always been kind of a struggle with the competing interests, trying to get her, like, we're us trying to get her attention. There's the sniffing, there's the dogs to react to. So all of that is just, like, it was kind of building and it was a challenge. But being able to, you know, get her attention more was a big part of that. And, you know, like her trusting us, right, to go beyond, you know, try to fight against some of those breed instincts.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a delicate balance, right? And like, obviously, I have a terrier who's a lot bigger than she is, but it's along the same vein. You know what I mean? That like. He needs outlets where he can be like, do his thing and me not have to tell him what to do, right? And we kind of strike that balance. And then when I have to be like, I need you to listen to me. This is how we're going to do things. It's much easier, right? For her to be like, cool, we're doing this. Got it, right? Instead of feeling like it's just a power struggle where you're just like, could you stop pretending you're a sled dog, right? Like, could we just walk like normal dogs walk? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, she's only 15 pounds, but if she gets
1: pulling, she means business. Oh yeah, she can definitely pull pretty strong. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think you've seen a couple of those videos. She's almost looks like she's like swimming, like when she's on the thing, she's just trying to like go and there's those front two legs are like doing like a breaststroke kind of thing. (laughs) Right. It's it's crazy. Right.
0: (laughs) Not good for her. Not fun to be attached for her, but that's getting easier because overall her reactivity is down significantly, is it not?
1: Yeah, it's really good. I mean, children and I even joke now sometimes. Like, she walks so slow sometimes. Like, when we go out, because before it used to be, like, pulling the whole time. We're, like, got to see everything, got to sniff everything. And now she's, like, taking her time and sniffing everything. And it's, like, we'll walk, like, two blocks, and it takes, like, 30 minutes. Like, she's really, like, I want to say she's enjoying herself, you know. She's a lot more comfortable. So it's all positive. Yeah.
2: But sometimes... Like, come on you know like I got a meeting you know like, yeah, right.
0: like so, you know yeah. oh my gosh right but you know will she walk with like how is the healing like out of sniffing is that improving
1: yeah like we'll, we'll get there it's kind of like picking the times to sniff like in the beginning of the walk don't really ask for too much because you know she's going to want to sniff um but I mean even today we practiced healing and she did pretty good and tried switching sides. I think she was a little bit confused, but like she, she still is doing pretty well on that. So
0: yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I think that slowly, but surely you'll be able to strike some of that balance of like, I love that you are so comfortable and you want to sniff here for 10 minutes, but also I need you to walk with me and I will make it worth your while. Right. Like we're, we're slowly, but surely like getting to that balance of like, she can do what we need her to if, you know, let's be honest, time is, Ever present. <laughs> Sometimes we just gotta get somewhere. Oh my god. Okay, so um this round of reactive redefined was a little unique because we intentionally did much smaller group sizes so that um everyone could get a little bit more specialized attention. Do you guys want to speak to um what the group calls were like?
1: Yeah, I think it was really nice. Um it was mainly just us and then you know Tommy. And it was really nice because we were getting felt like, you know, like one on one feedback. We could really ask all the questions we had, like not rushed or anything like that. Um, and then also being able to kind of see what Tommy's struggles are, like how she's doing with her dog and learning from her as well, because, you know, we both have reactive dogs. Right. But it's different challenges. So it's nice to be able to, you know, focus on Stella, but also learn and see what techniques work for other people. So I think it's been super valuable and we're really happy with how it's been going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love the group calls. I'm always so sad when they end. I'm like, I want to hang out with you every Thursday night for now and hell eternity. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, Okay. So. Just give everybody a little bit of updates. We're saying, right, her reactivity is definitely down. Her response time to heal, to U-turn, to pull off, all of those are improving. Are there any other, like, standouts in your minds of, like, the progress you all have been able to to make over the last couple of months?
1: I think those ones are pretty big. I mean, even today we were able to watch a dog, like, walking past our building from the deck, and Stella was able to disengage, and that was I was very impressed. I was like, wow, all this training is coming together. So definitely, like, I feel like a year from now, she will just be even more comfortable. And I'm just excited to see, you know, where we'll go from here. So, yeah, it's been great.
2: I think the other thing, too, is it's it's not just how far she's come, like, during the course. It just feels like we have so many skills to, you know, keep working on. Right, because it's, right, this is going to be a forever goal. Yeah, right. So to continue working on these skills, you know, building up the trust with Stella, it just feels like we have a lot more to work on now, right? Because it felt like every time we like brought something up to you, you had like at least five different solutions, right? You know, we were like working down the chart, you know, it's like, okay, you know, we've actually tried that first one you suggested and then you gave us like three or four more. And so like being able to still utilize all those, we've, we've got lots to work on.
0: Oh my, right. And, you know, a flexibility of skill sets and the know how, how to adapt that depending on what's going on. Yeah. Right. And I think that, like, you really have all the skills now that, like, you just get to use. Right. Like, I'm so, I'm seriously, I'm so proud of you guys. It's been amazing. And, you know, for everyone listening, Tommy is also a dog trainer who joined Reactive Redefined. And she was like, damn, Diana and Sheldon are awesome. I was like, I know they really are. Right. So, to your credit, right? You have really gotten to a level of functionality with mechanics and timing and understanding of your dog that good dog trainers take a lot of time to get there, right? Like you have really stepped up to be extraordinary guardians for Stella and it's been so fun to be a part of your journey. Okay. So do you have any words of wisdom that you would share with someone who maybe recently adopted a dog and they're just realizing like, okay, cool. You are not friendly and social with everyone like I thought you were? What would you, what would you say to them?
1: Say patience is like the number one thing. I think we're both Sheldon and I, we can say our patience has really gone up just because, you know, working with Sella. But I think also, you know, reactively defined is like 100% worth it. Um, And even like just watching like your Instagram videos and your reels and just getting stuff from that has been really valuable too. So 100% worth it. And I think, yeah, patience. And then also just remembering. It's not malicious, you know, like Stella's not doing this, like, to upset us. It's just how she is. So she's doing her best and we're doing her best. So that's all we can do. And words. I,
2: another one for us, too, was, right, we didn't just, you know, jump into the reactive redefine, right? We, like, dipped our toe in. We did the consent and care. We did two of those. And I was like, okay, this virtual thing is actually it was actually kind of nice. Like, it, it, I think it can work for us. And then I was like, okay, let's, let's do the next step let's do the whole course. And I think it's been really good for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it so much. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that everyone's going to love Stella and everyone who's listening, I promise I will post a video or picture of her so you can have a visual of how cute she is. Do you have an Instagram for her?
1: Oh, we do. We're not as active on it as we could be, but we do. I can I can tell you what the Instagram handle is.
0: Yeah. Tell me if you want, you can just say the handle now and we can include the link to that in the show notes too
2: yeah it's a uh,
0: side
1: eye dot stella because side. she gives side eye. so
0: oh my god okay side eye dot Stella. okay so everybody can see pictures of their that there so thank you so much you guys yes thank you thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the show